Can you imagine a world without lawyers? You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! Now let's say you and I go toe-to-toe on bird law and see who comes out the victim. In the name of God, do your duty. Your Honor, I object! And why is that, Miss Reed? Because it's devastating to my case! Overruled. Good call! Welcome to Pro Se, Law 360's weekly podcast. And as you've no doubt deduced by now, this is not a typical episode of Pro Se. This is a very special episode because, and gather around here, friends, get Kevin Costner on the phone. It's draft day. Yes. Woo! <laughs> I'm your host, Alex Lawson, and today we are drafting lawyers from movies and TV. And we'll get into the particulars of that in a little bit, but I did want to throw it to my co-hosts. With me, as always, is Amber McKinney. Hello, Amber. I'm so excited about today, Alex. And Haley Knoth. Hello. Hello. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I All the things. <laughs> we don't really know how this is going to go, frankly, audience. This is um, kind of a fun thing we wanted to do as we record now on Thursday. All 32 franchises of the National Football League are gathered in beautiful, scenic Kansas City, Missouri to do the NFL It is beautiful. It is. It is. That's your neck of the woods a little bit, right? A little bit. I lived there for uh, one year from 1995 to 1996. Okay, so you're you're a veteran, clearly. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, the NFL is drafting, and so are we. And not just because the NFL is doing it. Um, For as long as there have been podcasts, People have been doing goofy, sort of ethereal drafts of sometimes abstract concepts. People draft Disney movies or fast food dishes or whatever else. And today, those are goofy, (laughs) but ours is very serious. I am drafting my legal dream team and I'm going to build the law firm of my dreams, basically. She's building a dynasty, I think, is what is what what I'm saying. saying. Yeah, dreams bigger than a firm, Amber. Okay, yes. I am making my mark on jurisprudence from now until forever with who I'm going to draft today. There we go. Yes, and I think that that's a good avenue to sort of get us into what we're doing here in terms of structure. There were lots of ways to do this. There was at least one meeting, I'll tell everybody, there was at least one meeting about exactly how the draft was going to go. But basically what we're doing here is that we are going to draft a team of lawyers that have been depicted in movies and TV. There was discussion of including books. We're not a very well-read group, clearly, uh, so that's that's not in. However, most of the prominent uh, legal figures in literature have been ported over to either movies or TV, so I'm not too worried about that. We are drafting lawyers, and, and legal figures, I guess, would be more accurate, across five different categories. And I want to make that clear for everybody because there's going to be a lot of lawyers that are not drafted. We're going to get roasted clearly about this, but here are the categories. First category is general counsels and fixers. Second category is plaintiffs slash prosecutors. And our final three categories are defense attorneys, judges, we're drafting judges today as well, and then wild cards, sort of a catch-all 
category for everyone to kind of, for anyone who might have slipped through the cracks there. Before we get into the the actual machinations here, I did want to take the temperature of the room a little bit. Amber, I'll start with you. Um, to the extent you want to, take us into the McKinney War Room. Sure. How are you approaching this? There are lots of different ways to look at it. I'm curious to know kind of your, you don't have to give us your explicit strategy. We'll find out soon. I can give it. I'm not yeah, scared, go for it. guys. Yeah. I'm not scared. I'm going to dominate this draft. I feel it. So I did a lot of thinking about what makes a good lawyer. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the goal here. We want our, our strongest team. And I came up with four areas, and that's sort of how I've assessed my players. Okay. Good communication, passion, their judgment and legal skill, and also results. You got to go with results somewhere in this. So those are my four guiding principles as I'm drafting today. That is one of the most amber answers I've ever heard to anything. I am not (laughs) nearly that organized. Haley, how about you? How are you approaching this? My war room is utter chaos compared to Amber's. (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, I was looking a little at results, of course, but also I was just like, who do I want to just kind of kick it with? You know? Oh, you're doing the like, who do I want to have a beer time. with in the office? Yeah. Vibes? Or like, yeah. you know, even even if perhaps I fear them, do I respect them? That's kind of that's <laughs> nice. kind of how I, I approached it. That's an interesting outlook. I think I'm somewhere kind of in the middle of you guys. And I am excited about this because there isn't kind of an abstract nature of it. First of all, unlike a fantasy football draft or a real draft, which will happen in Kansas City today, there's not going to be any like games that are then played who tell us who actually had a good draft. So it's sort of self-defining on how good or bad you did. And there are a couple different ways to go at it. You know, you can literally pick the best lawyers or you can pick people who you think are very compelling characters. Like there are some people who might get picked, perhaps by me, who are not good lawyers, but they are like very compelling figures in legal fiction. There are lots of different ways to go, is my point, and I'm excited to see how each of us puts our stamp on it, I guess, is what I'm saying. I think it's important to note for the listeners, we did our draft order ahead of time so we could get right into it. Haley got first pick, I'm second, Alex is third, and we're doing a classic snake draft here, so that's the plan. That's a snake draft, so we're going one, two, three, three, two, one, et cetera. So, I don't know, um, does anyone else have any other thoughts, or should we get right into it? I'm a little nervous. Uh, as I said, this is largely experimental. So I don't know. I'm too excited to wait. I think we should just <laughs> kick it to Haley and let her pick the first attorney. Haley Knoth, you are on the clock. Let's uh, let's light this candle. With the first pick of the first pro se 2023 lawyers draft. I guess I should have specified fictional. <laughs> we, we all know this. We all know this. We're not drafting yeah. from our listeners. My pick is... Sandy Cohen from the OC as my defense <laughs> counsel. No, oh my God. Haley, I didn't expect this at all. Not even on my list. Why is this your number one pick? Sandy could have filled almost any of these spots. His legal prowess is sprawling. The man practices environmental law. He has defended his neighbor in an SEC probe. That's true. He has defended troubled youths. He does it all. He does it all. (laughs) And that is why he is my number one pick. But due to my other strategies, I am slotting him in at defense counsel. I just want to say I'm with Amber. Was not on my board. Came up in some cursory research and I was like, not really a prominent fictional lawyer in my opinion. (laughs) But wow, 
That is a curveball to start the draft, Amber, I would say. You know, I, I love it. And I love it in part. I think we can maybe just accept that that's a, a stellar choice, Haley. But also <laughs> leaves it to me that yes. I'm still going to get my number one pick because Haley threw a curveball at us. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm the second pick here. I'm picking Vincent Gambini from My Cousin Vinny. Man. Alex had a visible reaction to that, so I feel very confident in my pick. I knew he'd go early. Everyone, I'm sure, knows all about this character. My Cousin Vinny is a classic. It's a classic for a reason. We have a whole Pro Se Movie Club episode about it. Joe Pesci depicted Vincent Gambini. I picked him because, as an attorney, he is adaptable, has attention to detail. He's able to learn quickly, and he has the results you want. He scores for his clients. So uh, this is obviously in the defense counsel category. I have a few things I'd like to point out about how awesome Vinny is as an attorney. He has great explanations, especially when he's having a side conversations to Mona Lisa about <laughs> yes. how the law works. And he's very correct. I mean, the, the movie itself is very accurate to how the law actually operates. He explains how law school isn't what teaches you procedure. You have to learn that from your firm or from being in court and watching. And he does that work and he adapts to what he needs to do in a Southern courtroom that he's not familiar with. He's a, a master of cross-examination. You can see that in the Grits cross-exam scene that I think many people are intimately familiar with. It's a, it's a master class in how you slowly build through a cross-exam of a witness, establishing each fact, then pointing out the holes in the logic to prove your point. There's almost nothing better in cinema in terms of explaining how to do a cross-exam than that. And I'm not the only one that thinks that. I think I might have pointed this out in Movie Club a couple years ago, but... Yeah, they teach it in law schools now. They do, right? and yes. Judge Merrick Garland has actually, um, in a decision that he wrote in 2019, pointed out that Vincent Gambini taught a master class in cross-examination. So the top legal minds in the real world agree that <laughs> Vinny rules. So happy to have him on my team. I mean, it's a it's a it's a hell of a pick. Clearly, as Amber said, I was not happy about that. I'm on my back foot right now. Like between Haley going Sandy Cohen first overall, and then I thought for sure Vinny Gambini was high on my list. I thought for sure he would fall, and the reason for that gets me to my pick. Now, again, we're going snake draft, so I have back to back picks right now. I have picks three and four, which brings me to my pick. And I gotta say, I mean, with the way I was kind of gaming out how the draft would go. I mean, I'll just cut right to the chase. I had this whole monologue about how I thought Atticus Finch was like kind of an overrated asset in this draft because he's one of the greatest characters in the history of fiction and, you know, is sort of the platonic ideal of a defense lawyer. But now he's no longer overrated. He's underrated because he's fallen to me at three. I'm taking Atticus Finch as my defense counsel. I can't believe this happened. I'm like zigging against my own zag. I can't even <laughs> keep track of it because I was like, I thought for sure one of you would take him first or second. And now I kind of have to be like, what do I have to say about Atticus Finch? You know, again, a, a great character of literature for the purposes of this exercise. I'm talking about Gregory Peck's portrayal in the film To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, there's a reason that young lawyers uh, sort of aspire to this kind of ideal. Everybody knows what's great about Atticus Finch. I don't even want to belabor it here. I'm taking Atticus Finch. You guys forced my hand. I really thought... <laughs> it just felt too obvious. Well, you know what? Clearly, that's the thing. Clearly. Here's the thing. I'm going to disagree with too obvious. I agree with you, Alex. That is a very solid pick. I mean, often cited as one of the greatest American heroes, both in fiction and in cinema. 
But I would argue that the story and the depiction of Atticus feels a little removed from reality. And that's why Vinny tops him for me. But it's still a great pick. I had Vinny ahead of Atticus Finch, but you took him. So what am I going to do? Anyway, um, so Atticus Finch is my defense counsel. We're wrapping around. And for the listeners, that clears out defense counsel. We each picked a defense person first. We all went defense. (laughs) That's a good call. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, we went defense counsel first. Swinging back around, I feel like I'm psyching myself out here a little bit. I also thought this person was maybe a candidate to go first or second. Just chose to go you. You know, like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. But uh, I'm going GC Fixer here. My GC Fixer, I'm taking Jerry Kelman from Succession. This is open and shut for me. She's been discussed several times on Pro Se. A commensurate professional. Uh, Amber, I did not articulate my criteria so clearly as you did, but I think she checks all of your boxes in terms of her acumen, her results, her sort of clear-mindedness, all of that. I'm very happy to come away. First two picks, Atticus Finch and Jerry Kelman now. Oh, Alex, you're sniping it. I'm I'm sniping at you, taking Vinny. You're sniping back at me. I had Jerry very high on my list for exactly the reasons you said. I do want to read a little quote. I mean, not to bolster your team, but since it was yeah, somewhere wow, like two. Okay. This is from a New York Times article um, about Jay Cameron Smith, who portrays Jerry. Yes. Jerry's cool gaze, raised eyebrows, and clipped interjections, along with her shrewd analysis of corporate shenanigans, have made her an avatar of female power for women of all ages, especially young professionals who find that attaining success in their fields may require them to tiptoe around monstrous male egos. <laughs> Sometimes the Times Love gets it, it right. You know, that's all you can say. All right, so Jerry's on my team. We're happy to have her. Amber, we swing back to you then. You know, I'm feeling so great about this draft, guys, because I wanted to pick who is inarguably my favorite depiction of a lawyer in all of movies and TV, a real utility player here. Um, I'm actually (laughs) going to stop this person. And it's not Sandy Cohen. It's not. It's a surprise. I'm actually going to slot this person into my wild card slot. So I'm using that early because you can make arguments about him belonging in a few categories. But I'm choosing my man, Jimmy McGill, a.k.a. Saul Goodman. Man. All right. All right. I knew someone had to take him. Man. So much. It's I, I almost am overwhelmed with emotion that I get to put him on my dream team. And I have so many things I could talk about the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul universe for days, you guys. But here's what I will say in terms of my criteria and why I think he's such a valuable player. He has absolute commitment, focus, a strong will. He has an almost encyclopedic knowledge of the legal system and all the loopholes to make it work to his advantage. So he often comes out on the side of getting what his clients want. You may argue that his morals are questionable, but his results don't lie. So, uh. <laughs> you know, you can you can argue for him that he belongs on the plaintiff side because he does elder law work throughout Better Call Saul. He does especially a, a notable class action against Sam Piper crossing retirement home, but also defense work for a lot of our most favorite criminals. Um, <laughs> you know, so you know, if you can keep Walt out of a lot of the trouble he tried to get in, then Saul Goodman is an excellent attorney. Amber and I are on really close wavelengths here because Jerry and Saul were like 50-50 for this pick for me that I just made. And Haley, 
I think Amber might be speed bagging us here. I I really <laughs> thought I really thought that I would have a leg up, and she just got Vinny Gambini and Saul Goodman. And frankly, I lay the blame at your feet because we're coming back to you. Um, so. Well, I mean, I will say so far this is my dream scenario for how this is going to turn out. So Obviously. keep going, Haley. Yeah, hey, Haley, back to you now. And you have back-to-back picks now. I would also say, I mean, Jerry was high up on my list. Saul was high up on mine. Sure. We're all struggling here. <laughs> not Amber. Clearly not. <laughs> well, with my, with my pick, I'm going a similar, taking a similar tack uh, to Amber here. I will select for my general counsel slash fixer, more of a fixer, I would say, Neil Mink from The Sopranos. Oh, oh. Haley, very your nice. picks are so, they're really surprising me in such delightful ways. Okay, tell me more. Why, why is this your pick? We love Neil. I mean, first and foremost, Tony trusts him, you know? <laughs> and if Tony trusts you as a lawyer, I need you. I need you on my side. I need you on my team. He's always looking out for Tony. Again, morals, questionable. Questionable. <laughs> you know what, though? You're but the results, about- your comment about Tony trusting him does mean something because Tony's good at picking <laughs> professionals, picks a great psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever she does. Yes. So I don't know. That, that carries some weight. Yeah. And I mean, the That's big good. one that jumps out to me is, if you'll recall, when Junior is in prison, Neil really, you know, tipped Tony off that it was probably a bait from the FBI when they were going to release Junior and <laughs> if Tony went after him, you we're know. We're deep in the lore here. This is Anyway, I, yes. I'm in the middle of a rewatch and was just at this part and I was like, <laughs> Neil, my man. <laughs> um, Haley, you have another pick now. I do. Benefits I do. of the top overall slot here. With my next pick, I am going to select a judge. Ooh, okay. And this is Judge Jen from The Good Place, the all-knowing judge. Wow. Haley, you're killing it with these picks. That's one I didn't, again, someone I didn't even consider, but I love it. I realize I'm going pretty hard on uh, like television lawyers and haven't you really are, dipped yes. into the, the movie selections, but I love Judge Jen. She is, of course, played by Maya Rudolph. I remembered that it was Maya before I remembered the actual name of the judge. I will say sure. that. Okay. But her <laughs> character is incredible. She notoriously, uh, you know, jumps in and sends the characters to, I believe, the medium place at one point. Uh, they end up back in the bad place. They're all over. And it's you all thanks to Judge. One of the things I respect the most about her character is that she's obsessed with American TV. Yes. So that yes. is a great runner, too. <laughs> and uh, as a fellow lawyer who is obsessed with TV, I sure. really like that characteristic in that judge. Yeah, actually, now that you say that, I think she made a Bachelor reference at some point. Oh, yeah, sure. And that yeah. brings me endless joy. <laughs> I only watched the first season of The Good Place. So is she like God? Or like, what's the deal with this character? Uh, she's not. God, per se, but there is sort of a universe judge. She's like all-knowing. All-knowing, yeah. Yeah. But not officially God. Okay, all right. But you know what? Many judges would argue that that is their position in the courtroom. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, so again, this is a character that was not on my list at all. Amber, you kind of said as much. 
But a very interesting team developing for Haley. Let's just, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, and Amber, we swing back to you. Well, I'm going to take Haley's lead, I think, and go ahead and get my judge pick on the board. I'm going to go with Philip Banks, a.k.a. Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Amber, jeez. You know, look, when I think TV judge, this is where my mind immediately goes. I know it sounds silly. Fresh Prince was a very lighthearted show in many regards. It does not sound silly. He was very high on my Look, I just selected a... Very, very outlandish <laughs> judge. So I, I don't think this sounds well, silly. I'd like to back up my pick here with a few key facts. He has a long history with the civil rights movement. He's mm-hmm. an orderly and strong role model for his kids and also Will. And those are great qualities to have in a judge that you would really put your faith in to make the right decisions in a courtroom. He was president of the riots in Selma as part of this, the, the lore of the show and his backstory. He mentions that he heard Malcolm X speak, that he'd read every word he wrote. He's a graduate of Princeton undergrad and then Harvard Law, so some real bona fides there. And in the third season of the show, for people that maybe don't remember, Fresh Prince has been a long time ago, um, (laughs) he starts as a lawyer, but he is appointed by the governor to a judgeship in the course of the program. So I would argue that even from season one, he is acting as a judge because you can see what his courtroom demeanor would be just in his family life interactions. He's sort of the tough but fair, and that's what I want in a judge. So, yeah, I mean, Uncle yeah. Phil. Wow. I, Alex, my head had, is in it. My head is in a blender right now. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, like, you had quite I a thought, reaction to that pick. I thought I was going to dog walk over everybody in this draft, and Amber. No offense to you, Haley. I mean, you are not making picks that I would have made, but Amber is like really sniping me right here. And I don't love it. Um, but I mean, Uncle Phil's a great pick. I mean, there's there's no getting around it. Alex, your reaction is just, this might be the best day of my life. Oh, I'm so happy I mean, about how this is going. All right. Well, I'm next. I have two picks. We heard his voice at the top of the show. I'm going with Lionel Hutz in Plaintiffs. <laughs> uh, one of the great right. ambulance chasers ever depicted in fiction. <laughs> I don't need to run down the sort of particulars of what, now again, this is an example of what I was talking about before. Like where Lionel Hutz is not the type of lawyer that I don't think, you know, well-meaning people would aspire to be, but an amazing character in the way that the Simpsons uses him as a lens to portray what they think about the absurdity of the legal system, voiced of course by the great Phil Hartman, Nothing needs to be said about that. One of the all-time great uh, Saturday Night Live performers, probably the best pound-for-pound Saturday Night Live performer who has ever existed. But, uh, you know, as he told us at the top of the show, can you imagine a world without Lionel Hutz's? I don't want to think about it. A great character, and I'm happy to have him on the team, even Um, if it was not what I thought we were going this way. (laughs) Yes, go ahead. So I do have some reaction to this, Alex, because I strongly considered if I would value Lionel Hutz in my lineup. And this is what I'm saying, right? I yeah. came down, you know, I had I told you all my criteria and results yes. is where I end up having a problem with Lionel Hutz because he's mm-hmm. a real mixed bag. There's quite a few notable losses, uh, some absurd ones that are to great effect on The Simpsons. Yeah. What did make me almost consider him, I love the episode where Homer sues 
um, about the never-ending shrimp promotion where he gets <laughs> yes, cut off. Yes, And that case, Lionel Hutz does actually win. But That's that is true. a rarity. He loses way he more loses than he wins. He loses most of the time. And to me, I love an underdog, first of all. Sure. Um, and I find him to be a very, I, I find him to be a very compelling character. Well, I also decided I couldn't go for it because the front of his law firm, which is clearly in a Springfield strip mall, um, has a sign that literally just says, I can't believe it's a law firm, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. So that's, I, I forgot I was about like, that. Mm, I don't know if I can do it. In addition to being a very experienced litigator, he's a great promoter and probably a better <laughs> promoter of himself than he, is a, than he is an attorney, now that I'm thinking about it out loud. But anyway, we have Lionel Hutz on Team Alex as a plaintiff's attorney there. Fantastic pick. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to turn to the judgeship now, and I am going with somebody that I don't think is on either of your lists. Um, and again, it, Uncle Phil was, was definitely top of my board in judges, but I feel very, very confident taking this judge. It's Judge Dredd. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, love this. And to be very clear, I am talking about the Sly Stallone iteration of Judge Dredd. I am a fan of the Carl Urban movie from a few years ago, 2014 maybe. But listen, he comes from a dystopian future where judges have vertical authority. As he, you know, very ably tells anybody who will listen to him, he is the law. And I mean, what else could you need uh, for a judgeship on a team like this? I'm going with Judge Dredd. I'm making the pick with the utmost confidence. Do you guys have any Judge Dredd takes? I don't have a lot of Judge Dredd takes other than to say... <laughs> Not in your little book, is there? It, <laughs> is it, Amber? I don't I, think so. <laughs> I did look up a list of fictional judges just to make sure Uncle Phil was really my pick. And uh, <laughs> Judge Dredd did appear on that list. I did briefly consider it. And I think it's a sound, sound choice. Sound choice. I'm very happy. Rob Schneider is happy. He's getting residuals <laughs> from this, probably, uh, from the Judge Dredd uh, pick. But anyway... Um, that's my judge pick, and I'm very happy about it. Now, now we get back to the, the McKinney freight train here. You're up again. All right. Happy to be back around to picking here. Would like to just let the listeners know so they can kind of keep track. Judges, off the table now. We've all picked our judge. I am going to turn now to the category of plaintiff's attorneys and prosecutors. I am selecting one of my favorite plaintiff's attorneys, and that is Joe Miller from Philadelphia, portrayed by Denzel Ooh, Washington. Man. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Was Can't very argue was with that. very close, very close between Lionel Hutz and Joe Miller. Obviously very different attorneys, but I was it was a toss-up for me, Amber. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm going I'm, I'm turning a little sappy with this choice too because I just love that movie. It makes me cry every time I watch it. Yep. I'm picking Joe Miller for two primary reasons. Well, maybe three. Joe Miller also wins a lot. So my results category well served by Joe Miller. I really respect his use of rhetoric. And that is such a key part of being an attorney. So the runner in that movie, if people haven't watched Philadelphia in a long time, the movie's oh, 30 years old now, explain this to me like I'm a four-year-old. Explain this to me like I'm a six-year-old. Like that's yep. his recurring thing. And it's such a clever line, which makes him seem relatable to a jury. It makes, it puts the uh, people going up against him on the back foot because they have to explain something. It makes expert witnesses more understandable because he's telling them exactly how to explain things. It's a great rhetorical choice, so I really respect that. He's also empathetic, willing to grow, willing to learn, and change his own belief system. Part of the story of Philadelphia 
is that he's scared of a potential client, Andrew Beckett, who has AIDS, but over the course of the movie, decides that the right thing to do is to help this fired, wrongfully fired attorney seek redress in the legal system. And he really comes around as a person as well as an attorney. I like that growth mindset. I think that's really important in attorneys. So that is part of why he's my pick. I'm not going to read some big long thing, although I did consider it. Um, But (laughs) one of the moments in Philadelphia that I think is the most powerful for Joe Miller as a character is actually his opening statement. I'm going to give you just a tiny snippet of that and then recommend that everybody goes to the YouTube clip of this because it's so good. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, forget everything you've seen on television and in the movies. There's not going to be any last minute surprise witnesses. Nobody's going to break down on the stand with tearful confession. You're going to be presented with simple fact. That is a killer opening to an opening argument. He then goes down a point, a number system of like fact one, fact two, fact three. This is great lawyering. Joe Miller rules. Yes, it's an amazing Denzel Washington performance. We, we, we covered this on Pro Se Movie Club, and you're well served to have him on your bench here. I do want it noted for the record, Amber picked a homophobe, and uh, I don't approve of that at all. Uh, I think I picked someone who came around, Well, Alex, that's true. And Amber is canceled. And <laughs> He's canceled. Joe Miller is, is canceled, and Amber picked him. So, great. Uh, no, it's a it's a great pick. I'm taking pot shots, obviously. This is what happens when you're salty about my good drafting. I, I mean, she's, get it. folks, she's crushing it right now. But uh, awesome pick. Haley, uh, you're going to round out your roster here with your last two picks. All right. For my second to last pick, man, this has flown by. <laughs> I am going to select another one that uh, perhaps you will laugh at me for. Um, And it's not even my craziest one. I'm saving my craziest for last. But this is my wild card pick. I am selecting Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows. Oh my God, I love this. Wow. Because if you recall, in his life, he was a barrister. um, And then, you know, became a vampire. I want a vampire on this team. That is the bottom line. I need a vampire. Oh, Haley. You're... We're doing it. You know, you're bringing such heat here. I love this so much. I want to hear more about how you picked Laszlo, but as just a tone setter, I'm obsessed with that show. I love it so much. And I had forgotten that he was a barrister. So what a pull from you. That's amazing. Yes. Um, What really put it over the edge for me, I, I remembered that in one episode, when he was a vampire, he... uh represented someone in some bonkers case and it was just (laughs) like a disaster of representation, but so entertaining. But when I was doing my research, this is what really pushed it over. The backstory here is when he was in life, when he was a barrister, he represented himself in various hilarious cases, including soliciting and pornography, which is not great. But, (laughs) But he defended several hogs and horses as well which I need more details on. I think there are not really details out there. So maybe someone's got to work on some fan fiction here to, <laughs> to flesh that out. But uh, yeah, I mean, a, a man who can, who can do it all and lives forever. Well, he's not uh, a man, you know. I mean, right, first right, of all, I mean, he's, uh, he's a vampire, uh, yes. as, as I understand it. And that is the bottom line. That is, that the, bottom is line. the bottom line. As you said, you wanted, a, you wanted a vampire on the team and you got it. 
I don't watch this show. I'll just be honest with you. I saw the Alex, movie. Alex, you're I, really oh. missing out. And I don't watch I, the show. Is he now? You said he was a barrister when he was when he was a human. Is he now? Does he still practice law as a vampire? Sorry, I'm like asking questions about Haley's roster. This is like not great. Content, no, this is, but. these are good questions because my picks are so well. They're they're pretty bizarre that probably the listeners have the questions too. Um, <laughs> he not on the regular, not on the regular as a vampire, but he. But those has. skills never leave he you. Has. The same way that I am now a journalist <laughs> and a podcaster. I yeah. still remember how the law works. It never leaves your spirit. I'm sure it doesn't leave his either. Exactly. Who? I mean, it's been 500 years, but who cares? And he has, uh, again, there are a couple scenes at least where he is a lawyer again as a vampire. Okay, Haley, you also have your final pick here. My final pick is, it's a pick for, for me, really. Which category are we Not in? like Sandy Cohen, which was a pick for all of us. Really. <laughs> uh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. This is a pick for my plaintiff's okay. attorney. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is also a pick for the I think you should leave heads out there. Wow. I am selecting Mitch Bryant, which is the name of the has this ever happened to you? Tim Robinson <laughs> character who has a hilarious sketch where he's pretending to be an injury, a personal injury lawyer. And he lays out this just ridiculous scenario where you have to hire an exterminator for, I believe, termites in your home. And then it just really derails from there where the exterminators are swapping your toilet out for a different toilet that they got at Home Depot (laughs) that looks the same but has a like smaller hole in the bottom and uh and then there's also the infamous turbo time uh situation where it's turbo time for the exterminators but you can't participate because you're not in the turbo team i'm sorry i love this sketch so much and do i think he do i want mitch bryant to represent me in like a life or death scenario no but no, that's but what that's, Sandy Cohen is for. That's what Sandy Cohen's for. You that, know what? Yes. <laughs> we all approach this draft very differently. I'm just going to say that. Like, I approached it thinking, like, I'm going to win cases. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Haley, if that pick will win you oh, cases. I, It'll win you no, a lot no, of no, laughs. No, 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 no. That's not but, the, that's, is it, everyone approaches it differently. That's what I was trying to say at the beginning. Yeah, I don't think I would. Well, I don't, again, every well, single type of law, that is Sandy Cohen's practice <laughs> area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. But anyway, if this episode is meant to sort of illuminate our personalities through this exercise, oh, Haley, it's done it. You've <laughs> this is all you need to know about Haley. Like, first of all, you went this all TV. True. Sorry, we'll we'll do the recap soon. But anyway, Mitch Bryant firmly on your team. Mitch don't Bryant. think he was. Don't think he was on anyone's list. That's why I knew I could do it last <laughs> because I knew he wouldn't. Well, go. <laughs> you're. I think all of these could have been last, but that's wow. That's, that's a discussion for another time. All right, back um, to Amber. We're, at, okay. we're back to Amber. Amber, you have a general counsel slash fixer hole to fill on your roster. I do. All right, in this category, it came down to two fixers for me. I like them for different reasons. I've really debated about this. I had them both on the list thinking maybe one of them would be taken by now. I've got my pick, I, of, the, pick of the litter here. <laughs> I think I know where she's going, by the way, Haley. I'm actually going to write this down. I'm writing down my guess of Amber's pick. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to drill it here. I think Alex is going to be wrong because I, I know what I think you think I'm going to say, but I'm going to wow. swerve here. Real, wow. real poker am, game. Real poker mm-hmm. game going on. Okay. I'm selecting Olivia Pope from Scandal. 
Okay. I was Ooh. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. Alex, what was your guess? Uh, he guessed guess Michael Clayton. No, my oh. guess was Karen Crowder, right movie. My guess was Karen Crowder from Michael Clayton. Oh, sure. Oh. Because famously on the Michael Clayton Pro Se Movie Club episode, Amber said that Karen Crowder was a girl boss and she was actually something that young female lawyers should really aspire to. I, I don't think I said it quite like that, No, Alex. no. Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, that's, that's a story on Karen Crowder. I'm not picking her either. Let's talk Olivia Pope. Okay. I picked Olivia Pope <laughs> because, number one, Carrie Washington rules in that role. She is, for people that maybe haven't watched the show, she's a crisis manager, a fixer. Her law degree is from Georgetown Law. This all is happening in D.C. That's where the show is set. Got a lot of love and ties back to our nation's capital. Of course. She spends her time fixing the scandals of America's social elite and political officials. She has a lot of entanglement with the White House. It's a fun show. She refers to herself as a gladiator in a suit. And boy, oh boy, does Olivia Pope know how to wear a suit. She is elevating the fashion of my fictional dream office. But also, I'm picking her because she's just great at what she does. So I'm really leaning hard into the passion, the results, those elements of my drafting strategy. This is a quote from Olivia. I am very good at what I do. I am better at it than anyone else. And that's not arrogance. That's a fact. So love a girl boss, as you said, Alex. I do (laughs) like that. And that's part of why I wanted (laughs) Olivia on my team. An actual girl boss. This is another show I have not seen an episode of. Uh, I I have same to say. actually. I know who she is, but yeah, I, I know have she's. Not seen uh, I know she's very well regarded. Honestly, I mean, Amber, it's, it's the Shondaverse, and so it's very soapy. But Olivia, in terms of like being skilled at navigating scandals and difficult situations, she's got it in spades. She really knows what she's doing. Yeah. Well. Okay. I will say I did not have Olivia Pope on my board. But I am again mad at Amber because I was so ready to hold it over your guys' heads that I was the only one who picked a woman uh, no. in this draft. And now Amber snaked me on that too. So, so, so Oops. much for that. I didn't um, even think about that. Well, clearly you didn't because you have just, it is a dude fest over on your team. I'm last. I have the Mr. Irrelevant pick, as it's known in the NFL draft. This is the person who's picked last in the draft. The slot I have to fill is wild card. And that means I could go in any direction. And I'm honestly pretty torn because there are some big names left on the board. We'll, we'll go over some honorable mentions uh, at the end of the show, I think. And that could really kind of boost my profile here. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave them in the pool. And I'm going to stick true to my heart. You guys left the door open for me. I have both Phil Hartman lawyers now. I'm taking unfrozen caveman lawyer. Oh, that's a good one, Alex. That's, that's absolute. You're damn right you know, it's a good one. <clears throat> when we talk about win rate, that score is very high. Hey, listen. Uh, the guy, Unfrozen caveman lawyer wins every case. Uh, he's also, you know, technically not really even a man. He's not a homo sapien. He was a <laughs> Cro-Magnon man. So I'm checking diversity boxes here, too. <laughs> but anyway, um, what is there to say about unfrozen caveman lawyer? I think... You know, there is, a, there is a kinship with Lionel Hutz here. Obviously, they're both portrayed by Phil Hartman. You might have guessed I might have been going this way when I was gassing up Phil Hartman as an SNL cast member when I picked Lionel Hutz. But in all seriousness, it is, like, extremely funny to me. To your point, Amber, about how skilled of a litigator and how skilled of an arguer Joe Miller is in Philadelphia. It's a real connection point, absolutely. The rhetorical devices that Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer uses, most notably, of course, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm just a caveman. 
<laughs> I fell in some ice. I was thawed out by some of your scientists. And now he says, you know, your world confuses and frightens me. Here's he what's plays. funny about this, Alex. <laughs> They're both plaintiff side attorneys, they so they can't go up against each other necessarily. But I'd love it if they did, because it'd be a battle of, I'm confused by your world. I'm just a caveman versus explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. There like, are it's, similar it be a great, rhetorical yeah. flourishes. Here. You could, um, they could be co-counsels. They could be co-counsel. Oh, oh man. They would win everything. Nobody's beating those guys. Um, but again, kind of like I was saying with Lionel Hutz too, maybe I went too deep into this well, but I sincerely do think it is a very kind of sharp indictment of a certain class of, especially like in the 80s, like the Reagan era, like white collar lawyer type. And he's like, he's always making side comments about how like someone scuffed up his BMW and how he's like coming out of racquetball and somebody, everybody's bothering him, this sort of aloof, socially distant elite lawyer um, personified in this very absurd character because he's a caveman and um, he's very sympathetic uh, to many juries, all of whom he has convinced to find in his favor. So there you go. Unfrozen caveman lawyer, Mr. Irrelevant in this draft. A beautiful pick. Well, thus concludes the first and maybe first of many. I don't know. This was discussed in production of the uh, the first ever pro se fictional lawyers draft. Amber and Haley, this was a this was a pleasure, and I did just want to let's reset here. I want to go over our rosters. Uh, we picked interesting teams, and again, there will be no way to know who won because we're not playing out a fantasy legal season. But just for posterity, Haley. Let's uh, let's start with you. Run down your your roster here. For my general counsel, I have Neil Mink, and then at defense counsel, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, our number one overall pick, number one, top overall pick, Sandy Cohen from the OC. Um, at plaintiff, plaintiff's attorney, I've got Mitch Bryant from I Think You Should Leave. Very proud of that selection. My judge is. Judge Jen from The Good Place. And then my wild card was Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows. All right, Amber, you're next. It, it's That's a really just still it's a very a chaotic team. team is what it is. <laughs> I love my team so much. I'm absolutely thrilled to go through this list of names. My uh, fixer in the general counsel fixer category is Olivia Pope from Scandal. My defense counsel is Vinny Gambini from My Cousin Vinny. I have Joe Miller as my plaintiff's attorney from Philadelphia. Uncle Phil, Philip Banks from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, is the judge on my team. And my wild card, my all-time favorite fictional lawyer, is Saul Goodman from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Real utility player there. Hell of a performance. Imagine pitting my team against Amber's in any legal battle. <laughs> I, I regret to inform you, Haley, my team will eat your team alive. That's true. That's but true. But my team will have a good time, you know? <laughs> uh, Amber crushed the draft. We'll go over some kind of draft narratives in a second. Let me run down my team here. For general counsel slash fixer, I have Jerry Kelman from Succession, uh, a girl boss to aspire to, much like Olivia Pope. For defense counsel, 
Atticus Finch falls to me at number three from To Kill a Mockingbird. In Plaintiffs and Prosecutors, they take Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons. Presiding over this affair, my judge, Judge Dredd. Thank you. We're happy to have him. And finally, in Wild Card, Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. We are the Phil Hartman team. We uh, have a lock on the Phil Hartman legal profession. That's my team. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, let's, uh, before we get out of here, I mean, just some kind of, you know, if we were on ESPN right now and the first round was over or the, uh, or the draft was over, you know, big storylines. We've already ribbed Haley for it a few times here. I can't get over the Sandy Cohen number one pick <laughs> thing. Amber, it was what do you th- think about it? It was a thrilling moment for me. If there had been a commentator narrating what was going on in my head, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to get Vinny Gambini. I can't believe I'm going to get him. Sure. So, it yeah. was just a delight. It set me on the right tone for the rest of the entire draft. You really did. I think you fumbled with Olivia Pope. I think you could have gotten more value out of that spot, but you have an awesome roster. There's, there's no doubt about it. Because of the way we structured this, there's only three of us. We only did five categories. Some very prominent fictional lawyers were left on the board. I just wanted to at least name a couple so people don't like get mad at us and think, that we just like forgot about these people. L. Woods, not drafted. Very you close. You know what? I, yeah. I almost did it instead of Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. I almost it's did it. So in the canon of the Pro Se podcast, especially Pro Se Movie Club, how much I love L. Woods. I even have the Funko L. Woods like oh, wow. doll thing. Love yeah. it. Oh, wow. So it is surprising that <laughs> oh. I, didn't, I didn't do that. But I chose Vinny because I actually think Vinny as a prototype sort of leads us to L. Woods. So. Yes, I think that's true. Um, I also, just a couple, I, I, uh, Tom Hagen, Robert Duvall in The Godfather. Sure. I mean, he is the, w- w- would have been a great GC slash fixer pick. Marshall Erickson from How I Met Your Mother. That was on my uh, list too, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And he ones. eventually becomes a judge. So that's right. Got that's a true. Them too. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, I forgot that. I also wanted to just shout out, uh, I mean, Daniel Caffey from Few Good Men. I'm a Tom Cruise sort sure. of head in my way. I don't know. There's a bunch. Uh, any any other like bubble people for you guys were almost on your list? A bubble nice wild book? card for me was another feminist icon, which was Nora Fanshawe, which is the name of the attorney Laura Dern plays in Marriage Story. Ooh. Great performance, mm-hmm. some great monologues, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff about feminism in there. So that was a that was on the bubble for me. Yes. Before we started, I actually did say if we run this back, I did think about adding a family law category, which is basically the divorce movie category. Sure. And she would have been snapped up very quickly in that category. But yeah. Yeah. I had um, Rhonda Perlman from The Wire was on my list. I thought about that one too, Haley. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good choices here. People who probably won't be picked. I just did want to say no Rizzoli, no Isles, no Franklin, (laughs) no Bash. I also, I never dipped into the Suits universe. That was never going to be on my list. Yes. So none of those attorneys made it. Does Meghan Markle play a, she plays a lawyer, right? I don't, I've, I, I didn't watch. I don't know. Couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, couldn't tell, tell us, you. listeners. I'm not sure. All right. Well, anyway, this was super fun, guys. I think we might run it back. I don't know. We're not going to make plans here on the show in, uh, in real time, but it's been a pleasure. It was a pleasure drafting with you all. Um, I wish your teams good luck in the season that is not to come, but <laughs> we all have our own kind of ways to plant our flag and have bragging rights. And I expect we do. us to do that. Yeah. I so. would like to, uh, you know, if any listeners out there want to shoot us an email and tell us, you know, find us on Twitter or whatever, let us know what they thought of who nailed this. And I think it's me. <laughs> yeah. Well, let us know. We want to thank a lot of other people for today's show. In addition to my two great co-hosts, 
Also, our producers, Kelly Marcano and Stephen Trader. Want to give a special shout out to Kelly Marcano, who did that awesome intro for today's show. And also, incidental music comes from Silent Partner. If you like Pro Se, leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform. Maybe in that review, say which of us won this draft. And if you want to read more about anything we talk about in the show, not so much our fictional lawyers, but in a regular week, we have lots of great coverage. So check out our website. It's law360.com slash podcast. Thanks, and see you back here next week for one of our more traditional episodes.